We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode of Wayfinding Growth is brought to you by Sprocket Talk. If you're ready to take your HubSpot experience to a whole new level, you need to join Sprocket Talk as a free VIP member. That's right, free. Tutorials, courses, training, HubSpot updates, and so much more. Head to sprockettalk.com slash WG to join the movement and get an exclusive Wayfinding Growth deal. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Moyle. And I'm Remy Tabeg. We're so glad you're here. On today's episode, we are talking with Sarah Bedrick. She's co-founder and VP of marketing over at Compt. They're an HR software uh, company that helps businesses create perk stipends, which is a whole different thing that we're going to get into, uh, so that employees can really get the perks that they want and they need most. So Remington, you talk about in the conversation about what that means, and, and you brought it down to like one-to-many versus one-to-one when it comes yeah. to perks and that kind of thing and how that takes care of people. So, uh, yeah, awesome stuff. And, and we met Sarah when she was founding the HubSpot Academy back in the day. Right. So this Man, this felt like a reunion. This was so much fun. Yeah, it was. It was really great. And she's and, she's a rock star, so it yeah, made she it that is. much easier, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great, great episode today. I'm so excited to have everybody listening on this one. So, Dan, what were some specifics that you loved about this episode? Uh, man, I, as always, man, I took a ton of notes, but I liked what she said, both offline and then in the conversation. So, you know, you, uh, listeners can hear this. HR in 2019 is where marketing was back in 2011 and how the internet's impact is affecting that. And basically, it's all ripe for disruption. Mm-hmm. What a, what a great thing that is. So it was really cool to hear how that can help companies grow right now if they get that. So that was awesome. Uh, and also she said something to the effect of when you feel like you belong, you can do unimaginable things. And that was huge. So for those companies, those business owners looking for growth, when you make your team feel like they belong, man, the sky's the limit. So those are my two takeaways. How about you, man? Yeah. So, um, We've talked in previous episodes about how I keep focusing on the 20% to try and like, you know, turn the bezels and make things better. Um, And a little bit of self-reflection here, but she said that she, before she made her transition, she was spending way too much time focusing on the potholes, Hmm. not necessarily looking at the positive or acknowledging it. Um, I think that can be taken a lot of different ways, but the focusing on the potholes was a big thing. Like, are you focusing on the potholes? Are you not stopping and smelling the roses? You know, there's a lot you can take from that, whether it's understanding where you are and where you want to go, or whether it's just in general, you know, you got to look at how that uh, reflects on others. So a little bit of self-reflection there. The other is um, the courage to jump from comfort. So Sarah talked about having a coach, which I thought was great, because I think a lot of times people can look at that as a weakness, but it is, it is absolutely a strength to be able to open up to someone like that and have that accountability, but the courage to jump from comfort, like she mentioned, like all of her friends and family and coworkers are like, like almost like hashtag you made it. Mm. And she's like, she just didn't feel fulfilled. Um, I think as humans, we can really downplay that jump, but it's a, that courage is something powerful um, that I think people shouldn't forget. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool that we got into coaching so deeply because and I've heard that too. And while I don't have a personal coach, I have some almost like a board of directors around me that I lean on. Mm-hmm. And so having that coach, like you said, it, it's seen as a weakness, but man, even, you know, the greatest athletes out there have their coaches right, at every level. So like 
it's a good thing. So yeah, that was a great discussion too. Man, so much good stuff in this episode. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for listeners to check it out. Ep- uh, episode 18 of season two. Here we go. Let's set a course for growth. Woo! Sarah, welcome to the show. We were talking offline. Like this is like a reunion of sorts. So I'm so excited to have you officially on the show. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. Thank you. Super pumped to be here. So I'm, I'm excited to bring you guys all together. Right? You... Again. <laughs> the gang's back together. Right? right, the connector. I know. I know. We were just talking before about like the the OGs of inbound, the the conference. And Dan was like, I went to I've been to eight now and right. was it the very first before it was inbound and I feel so hipster. <laughs> I was inbound before it was inbound. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's exciting. the only time I feel like you could say that. I, I don't even think I've had a chance to say something like that yet, being hipster. <laughs> I love it. So I, I'm I'm super excited too, Sarah, to, to talk to you about this this how to find growth and, and how HR plays into that, especially right now, because you said in part of our offline conversation, you compared where HR is right now to where HubSpot was back in like 2010. In the, in the marketing world. So so explain that real quick. Before we get into like trading the course, let's talk a little bit about this whole HR world and where that stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I worked at HubSpot back, I started in 2011, and that was one of the most exciting times for marketers around. I mean, you guys know uh, the internet was starting to really um, emerge as like this place for marketers to do great marketing, create great educational content to find the people that you can connect with, that you can help with your product or your service. Um, And it gave us tons of data that we didn't have access to before. I think there's a great quote, which is like 50% of my marketing works. I just don't know which 50. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what marketers, you know, not too long ago had to deal with. And the internet changed all that. So inbound, the whole transformation was like marketers were the first to fire. They became the first to hire. They're a backseat function. They became, you know, strategic partners of the business. And that same transformation is happening with HR right now. Um, people are starting to realize because the labor market is so tight, because unemployment rate's so low, because the skills gap is just continuing to increase. Um, they're starting to realize like our most important asset is our people. And mm-hmm. so where companies are screaming customer success, customer success, a lot of companies now are like, wait a minute, employee success, starting with our employees is, is the most important. So, um, there's this big transformation that was just very similar happening right now. That's cool. That's really exciting. That that frames it so well. Like I've I've seen some of this happening. We're done. No, <laughs> it's amazing. Come and join me on the HR side. I mean, I know you guys both like. I mean, Remington, I know you really care about your team, and we've talked a lot about this. Like you really care about helping mm-hmm. them and supporting them. Um, you and your your company, your people first company, and so like, yeah, you know that this is happening. You see it. You're part of it. You're leading it. Trying. Definitely are. Yeah, absolutely. As as an employee doing a great job at this. So well done. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Trying. There you go. So let's talk a little bit about about your course then, Sarah. How how did let's let's chart the course as it were. How did you end up being co founder and VP of marketing of this company called Comp? Yeah. Uh, well, it started when I was born. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go way back. I I joke, but I really feel like, in a way, it's somewhat true. Like, I grew up in a family with three older brothers, and I, my parents, just like ever since I was really young, I had to be like this young. Well, I had to be like the independent, determined one. Um, and I don't know if I created this identity or it was created for me by my parents, 
but I've always really known that I just loved business and I love creating things that help others from scratch. Like I love the ideation. I love the challenge and um, seeing something go from zero to one. And um, I, I feel really lucky because I studied entrepreneurship at the University of Florida. I started my own company as I graduated. I worked at startups. I worked at HubSpot, which was a startup to scale up. Um, and I really feel like a lot of that was like breeding ground for this opportunity. When I met Amy, um, my co-founder and CEO of Compt, it was really just like this incredible opportunity presented itself. Um, and so I don't know. I, I, my husband, like we talk a lot about this. I feel really lucky because nobody really knows what they want to be when they get older. Uh, like we're always just trying to figure it out. It's just trying to find ways. Where do we get the most energy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like, uh, always when it was like working closely with people to build something was where I got the most energy. That's cool. That's a good way to put that. And so let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about then how, how Compt has gotten like what, what it is yeah. and how you guys got to where you are then too. Cause growing from a startup to where you are now, there's a whole lot that goes on. I got to imagine. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you, like, I thought that, when I worked at HubSpot, I mean, there's 200 people and they still said it was a startup. I mean, that was not a startup. <laughs> I thought co-founding the HubSpot Academy team was a breeding ground or a dry run for a startup. That's not true either. Really? Uh, you know, being team, you know, we're one in two uh, creating something from scratch. I mean, that's a totally different world. And I think some things that like really stood out were the fact that we have to deal with finances now when you're working at a startup instead of a startup you don't have to worry about like running out of money right there's no executive proposal or you do a proposal or you present in front of the executive team and they either say yes or no but you still have a job you still have your team um your team's still employed uh and so it's really different in that way um but yeah so you asked me what is comped it's funny i feel like you guys will know this as marketers uh and working at the very beginning of inbound um we're still really figuring out the best way to explain comp because what we're bringing to the market is so transformational is so new. There's nothing like it that exists. So when I explain it, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for you both to give me a little bit of feedback. Um, and so what comp is, is an HR software that helps companies to better personalize their employee perks. I just mentioned how right now companies are doing everything they can to stand out in this crowded market and hire the best talent and keep them, and they're doing all these different things. And one of the ways that they're doing is offering perks. Um, and perks have been around for like 10 years now. But in the last five years, they've just really escalated to a whole new point. Um, and some problems have arisen with that. Really, it's a problem that's twofold. On one side, um, HR professionals, they are the ones who are trying to pick these perfect perks for their teams. But they have to pick, pilot, purchase, manage, maintain, communicate these perks. And that's a lot of work and there's no tools to help them. They do email uh, filtering and spreadsheets at the moment, which is super time intensive, uh, just inefficient. Um, So there's no tools to help them to manage these perks process, but even worse because they don't have tools to help them, um, to help them. They can't see who's using what perks and um, what people like and what they don't like and who's engaging. And so that's the bigger problem because then on the other side, because they don't know who's using what, employers are offering perks that employees don't like or can't use. Mm -hmm. So great example. I love HubSpot. I worked, they had an onsite gym. I used it five days a week because I lived down the street. So it was like perfect for me. But I knew a lot of people who didn't um, 
want to work out with coworkers or they preferred running or they preferred kickboxing or they preferred class pass. And so what we do is we help fix those two problems by instead of HR buying the employee perks, we help companies create perk stipends so that they can put the money in the hands of the employees and they can buy the perks that they want and need most. Mm -hmm. Nice. So it's knowing your, your buyer persona almost, but on the HR side. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, long-winded way is like we help companies to personalize their perks and to better manage, administer, and measure. Um, but we do that with this concept called perk stipends, which is, I feel like taking it, it's gaining so much steam right now because companies like Qualtrics, they offer uh, their employees $1,500 a year to spend on employee experiences. Um, mm. Airbnb, they give their employees, I think it's $1,000 a year to spend on travel. And so they're like, we can't dictate you know, or a thousand dollars. I think HubSpot does like a thousand dollars a year for continuous education. I mean, a lot of people do the continuous education piece, but uh, instead of trying to bring in LinkedIn learning for everyone or trying to find like the perfect books for everyone to read, they really let the employees have that personalization and that control. So I'm going to let Remington take over here in a second, but what I, what I heard real quick, I want to bring up is that it sounded like you're, we're talking about too is perks where they used to be, you know, free beer or ping pong tables, like they're becoming more meaningful, uh, personal education, travel, time with your family, well-being. They've evolved totally. a little bit in the last few years, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say like, you know, how as marketers, you talk about the, there's always going to be like the enemy in, in the, when you're marketing or who's the enemy. I feel mm. like generic perks are the enemy, <laughs> right? Like, you can bring, like, the, I just talked to an HR professional yesterday and they were like, we have the best perks. I was like, but do you have pet insurance? And they're like, yes. And I was like, great. Okay. Most people say they're going to, but they never actually do. They have hmm. such a rich program, but they're spending so much money to manage this and so much money on all these perks. But in reality, like 2% of their team takes advantage of the pet insurance. Right. So the, why don't they take that money that they spend managing, bringing it in, all this different stuff and put that in the hands of the employees and say, Hey, like, here's a budget, like you can spend it on family, pets, health and wellness, or continuous education. And you can pick what you need. For us, we use Comp. One month I got massages because I have uh, posture issues. So I got that. And then I, the next month my health and wellness was used for a race ticket for a half marathon. And mm. so like even our own needs are always evolving too. So awesome. So I think that how I would define this and how I've explained it, there's a couple people I've sent your way. Um, whether or not they've bought yet, I'll bother them. You let me know. Uh, <laughs> but but it's a creating a one-on-one -on -one experience for employee perks is a big one for me. Um, right now, it's one to many, and and it's it really comes down and um, as a preview. Dan, now you're in the inner circle. Um, <laughs> we're working with comp right now to try and try and redefine a lot, um, in regards to perks, but it, it's a somewhat of a complicated shift. Um, but it's really easy. It's just a matter of like getting out of our own way. But the other side was, um, creating perks that are as unique as your team is maybe. That could like be wow. There you go. You're on, you're on staff now. Right? <laughs> That's be, here all day. be here all day, but no, um, but I think that like, it's, it's really interesting because how we've come across and, and this is, this is almost like a, a use case here is we had, we've shifted our perks over the past six years, four times. 
And we started out with the norm, right? Like 401k, uh, we had 401k, we were paying like a hundred dollars a month just in fees so that all of our employees could have 401k. And we weren't allowed any reporting at the time to know what the adoption rate was until we finally like polled our people. And we had one person doing it, um, that was not Rachel and myself. And, um, and we worked it out. It was like $1,400 a month that we were spending in fees for one person to be able to save like $120 a month in their 401k. And, um, and we were matching and I was like, why are, why are we giving $1,400 to a, a platform and, and not the humans we're trying to build, build this stuff for in the first place. And so that was like, talk about people first. That's where I'm like, what the heck? So then we start talking about our current, like our payroll softwares that we have, and I'm not going to say any names, but like the payroll software we have, we look back at the fees and how that compares to some of the other things. And, you know, health benefits are one of those things that no one enjoys paying, but everyone sees as a necessary. And, um, and the other thing is like our payroll software for administering the health fees are half of what we contribute. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. It's ripe for disruption, Remington. A hundred percent. So, so like, I love what you're saying in regards to all that because like it, and it is really perfect timing. And, um, we talked about categories on previous episodes with a couple other speakers. Like you guys are like right in that cusp of like category yeah. killer. Right. So yeah. I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to see comp grow. It's gonna totally. be- Thank you. Thank you. It's been a really incredible journey so far. Yeah. So it's so on the category side, then I'm going to, I'm going to throw out the idea then Sarah, uh, check out Christopher Lockhead and mm. his book, play bigger, play bigger. Yes, absolutely. So. Every, every single person I talk to is like read play bigger. Yes, he yeah. is awesome. And he was on a, a previous episode just uh, two it's weeks ago. Good. It yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I actually, he was, he was queued up to listen to next. Awesome. Yep. I, th- I think you'll enjoy. So, so on this, on this journey of growth, then, uh, it sounds like it's, it's going pretty well. You've learned some things, but mm. let's talk about, uh, I want to, I want to get to what we call our shipwrecks because we all have them. Some of us are littered with more than others, <clears throat> but what, what shipwrecks have you guys are, have you and Amy already faced, uh, in growing comp? Oh my gosh. Well, it's funny. Cause when you sent over the questions, I was thinking, I'm like, I have the best co-founder ever. Amy's a former COO and CTO of several companies. Mm. She is great with money management. Like, so many people I know at this point, you know, a year and a half in, I'm already having some money issues or, um, and I feel like we've been, we've been so lucky. Like there hasn't been any shipwreck moments, but I can tell you many shipwreck moments prior to comp. Um, yeah. if that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, isn't that so boring? Um, no, it's okay that you haven't had them yet because you're, you've done some things. Well, I, I love that you give so much credit to Amy on that with her experience as a former COO, CTO, and what she brings to the table as a CEO. It's really cool to, to hear that that experience plays a part. Um, but you mentioned you've seen some other shipwrecks. So what have you learned yeah. in the past then that have got you to where you are today with that? And even taught yeah. you lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, like one of the most, I mean, we all get stuck in life, right? Like I think. Sure. We all get stuck in life. And I think my most shipwreck moment was when actually when I was leaving, um, my last company I was leaving HubSpot. I was at this point where I was just like, um, everyone thought, well, everyone in my family and all my friends looked at me and they're like, you have this great life. Like you help build this team. That's got this great impact. That's helping people to level up their careers and bringing so much positivity into the world. And you have a great team that you co-founded and, 
you know, you get paid well and you have great benefits and you live in a great place and everything's so great. And I just kept feeling like I wasn't fulfilled. Mm. And um, that was such a hard place to be because like externally, yeah, I had everything that I wanted. Um, but like deep down, I wasn't happy. Um, and so like, I was just really stuck. I had, uh, there's this great coach, Christine Hassler. She calls it an expectation hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I had to do a lot of self inquiry. I got a coach. I've been doing through a lot, going through a lot of coaching lately. Um, Amazing. and I realized like I was so stuck for two reasons. One, the expectation hangover, like I created this great life, but I wasn't fulfilled. And so I had to figure out what truly would make me feel fulfilled like against what society thinks is great. What do I actually need? Um, and then the other thing is I got really good at finding the negative around me because I actually, at my last, you know, at that company, like on the team, um, I got really good at finding our CEO would call them uh, the potholes. So things that are coming up that could take our team off course. So mm-hmm. something where we might be spending a little too much time here or something where it's not quite resonating with the market over here. And so I got laser focused on finding these problems so that we could fix them and preempt them. Um, but the problem with that was that it started translating into like literally every part of my life. And so I started finding the negative in everything. Uh, and so when you're, when your lens, when your uh, lens that you see the world starts to become negative, yeah, you start to get stuck. And that's, mm-hmm. I would say like, yeah, shipwrecked. I was like, What's the, what's worse than shipwrecked? Is there, <laughs> is there anything worse? <laughs> Not getting out of the harbor. Ooh, no, <laughs> it was true though. So, so yeah. Talk to me about, talk to me about the courage then. Cause, cause you say shipwreck and stuck. I hear courage of, of actually moving through and taking that step. Right. Because, um, and that's really entrepreneurship. Like I just did a speaking gig yesterday and, and it was about entrepreneurship and getting started and a lot of people were scared about leaving. Like you just said, not only were they scared about, le- were you scared about leaving or disappointing or any of those other action verbs? You, you also overcame that. And we talk about self-reflection all the time, but talk to me about the courage that led to that moment where you're like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I give, I mean, every single person I know hears me talk about the power of coaching Mm-hmm. Um, I had courage because I found an excellent coach who was able to ask me questions that I wasn't asking myself, um, and support me and answering those. And, and like, we don't give ourselves enough time to just like play around up here and imagine what life could be like, you know, mm-hmm. we always think that for a moment. We're like, well, what if we started a company and we collapse our own dreams unintentionally? You know, well, that's, I can't do that. And I'm not skilled right. enough yet. And, we come up with all these reasons. And I think like, I'm think you are such an excellent listener to Remington because like, and so positive for hearing the courage side. Um, because yeah, when you're at this point where you're like everything that I know, like I spent six and a half years at HubSpot, right? Like that was my identity in a lot of ways. And it was like, sure. can I move on from this? I spent my most formative career year, years there. I had sure. done some really amazing things. Like, can I be successful somewhere else? And, um, yeah, getting a coach, asking myself the right questions and like really allowing myself to dream big uh, allowed me to set a better vision for my life forward. It's actually interesting. When I 
had a better vision. And when I played around up here and thought about all these different things that I could do and that were felt more meaningful, I, in that moment, there was this moment where I felt like I was wasting my time. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm wasting my time here. Where before I was like, I think I should move on, but I'm really not sure. Like I'm not happy, but I have great success. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I'm wasting my time. I have to leave. I didn't even know what I was doing next. Like I didn't have anything yet, but I just knew I couldn't do something greater if I had stayed. That's awesome. So how did you find Compt then? You came from marketing and then fell yeah. into Compt. You said like you ran yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I know. But- well, it's funny. There's this, okay, so I met Compt or I met Amy and found Compt through Huge shout out to Jessica Mayer, a former HubSpotter. When I left, she sent me a message and was like, I think I know someone you need to meet. And so when I was dreaming big, I actually, HubSpot Academy was one of the most incredible things that I've ever like experienced in my life. Like we created some remarkable resources that help people far and wide. But my favorite part about that was developing the team. Uh, people used to say we were like the theater kids inside of HubSpot. Like everybody felt <laughs> like they really belonged. And when you feel like you really belong somewhere, you can do the unimaginable. You have freedom to be, to take big risks and to do unthinkable things. And I wanted to help more companies or more people create that environment. And so when I met Amy and she had this really great idea, uh, I was like, this is, I mean, this is in the world, the world of HR or people ops that I wanted to be in. Um, and at first I was like, perks, like perks are, perks are so lame. And then I realized like, just like everyone out there, we all have this baggage, some positive and some negative with perks. And when we started talking about it, it was like, we're doing perks all wrong. And if we were to rebuild perks from scratch today or build them from scratch today, we wouldn't build the world that we're doing. Like Mm -hmm. we would build something completely different. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're bringing to the world is something that's so much more innovative and so much more meaningful. That should be on your homepage, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) That's a great call. We'll give give you that audio. Um. (laughs) That was, that was really good. Um, So, so I want to bring it back to that courage, but there's also a lot of self-awareness and maybe the coach helped you with that, um, which is fun because, you know, in the last episode or a few episodes back, I'm saying last episode that I listened to, um, there was a lot that Dan talked with me about, um, about like peer groups and stuff like that. And so it sounds like the, the community inside HubSpot was strong there. And I have to say, like, I saw you on LinkedIn saying, Hey, we got something coming and I was engaged, right. Because of the brand and the confidence and everything that you had there too. So I think that imposter syndrome gets the best of us all of the time. Um, but it's, uh, it's not a myth by any means, but I think sometimes we got to realize that it's not real either. Totally. Yeah. I'm mine. I love, I love the coaching stuff because, and I love the field of NLP, um, neuro-linguistic programming because it's all about, and this, anybody who really studies NLP will hate me for saying it this way, but it's like, how do we control our thoughts before we let our thoughts control us? Because if we let our brain just run away on us, like, I mean, that's what happened to me. Like I got so lost letting it control me, like finding the negative. I even, one of my favorite examples of this one time, my coach was like, she had given me advice. She's like, just focus on the positive. And to me, I'm like, that's the worst advice. I can't even pay you this much money to tell me focus on the positive. Duh. But then I was running, I was training for a half marathon and it was like six weeks in and I was at the gym at six 30 in the morning. 
the planet fitness and I was running and I was running slower than I usually did. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been training for six weeks. I'm running so slow. This is so embarrassing. I'm so mad at myself. And I was like, Oh, light bulb moment, focus on the positive. And I was like, I've been training for six weeks already. And it's six 30 in the morning and I'm at the gym. I'm three miles in out of five. Like most people are still in bed right now and I'm crushing miles at the gym. And actually I have a slight incline on. So maybe that's why I'm running a little bit slower. There you go. And it was like in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, it's the same situation, right? The exact same situation, but one is the positive and one is the brow beating or the pain, you know, negative fear side. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, there's a lot in there to be proud of. But if you think about it, can you pick one moment out in the last like couple years here of your journey of growth that you've got kind of a proudest moment that you can learn from too? Uh, Only one, Sarah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the, I have, I have, um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Not that much pressure on you. Right. Right. I think hmm, proudest moment of growth. There's so, I mean, there's so many like small things that come to mind. It's so funny. Sometimes when we like look back our, you know, hindsight's 2020 and we develop a better narrative to tell our story at that point in life than we did when we were living it. Um, yeah, I think one of my prouder moments was like summoning the courage to, um, to like ask myself to try to find out what my full potential is. And I think like we all, and I was saying before, like we all think big for a moment, we collapse ourselves. Um, and I, and having a coach helped me so much with that. So I'm like courage, sure. But like the coaching made it easy and fun and interesting and exploration of myself and what I want to do was fun there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can tell them I just advocate like so many of my friends now have coaches cause I'm like, get a coach. Any problem you have, a coach will help. <laughs> My mom has a coach. She's like never worked out a day in her life and she works out three days a week. Yeah. Um, nice. And so, yeah, it's just, I would say probably just, yeah, the part of just summoning the courage to like ask for, actually, you know what it would be? Asking for help. Sometimes you get so proud and it's like, I can figure this out. And I am my worst enemy there because I said before I'm independent. I was the youngest and only girl. I had to figure everything out on my own. Um. And I became who I was. And so I needed to ask for help. So maybe like summoning the courage to ask, ask for help. That's good. I love I like that one. <laughs> it took me a minute open. to get there. Thank you for the people who listened for me to work <laughs> to that point. If they did. <laughs> oh, they did. They will for sure. I'm a verbal work things out person too. So totally fun listening to that one. He is. There's a great <laughs> quote on that. There's a, Thanks. <laughs> it's only the beginning part of this, but it's like communication is the vehicle of therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true. We could all that's talk more, help each other talk more, should. listen more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And be, just being coachable too. That's the biggest thing I think that I'm kind of taking away from this as well. You're such an advocate of coaching, but in part because you're coachable. Yeah. And the self-awareness yeah. too. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that's, um, that's the theme that we have going through almost every episode so far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think self-awareness, I mean, is so essential in today's world. I mean, we just have like our phones always hooked to our hand, literally hooked to our hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always on social media and it's so easy. We were talking about it before to get caught up in the comparison trap or just yeah. every other trap that surfaced in our minds that our mind creates. And so how do we 
yeah, reclaim that. I think the self-awareness and the self-regulation is a big part of it. It's like being aware and then being able to regulate in that moment. Mm -hmm. Self-regulation. Mm, that's a new one. I haven't heard about that one. Oh, that's, I can't steal it. That's um, from the emotional intelligence uh, matrix. It's like self-awareness, self-regulation, social awareness, and social regulation. Like, can you help control the emotions of others? Mm. Not control, sorry. Um, yeah, control. Like if someone's having a bad day, can you help them nice work through right. it? We're going to have to talk about that offline. I, yeah. That's a new one. I haven't heard yeah. about that. So now I'm curious. <laughs> set, up a, set up a calendar at a inbound. Oh, wait. that's uh, All right. Yeah, when this airs, it'll be long after inbound, but we're recording before and we're all very excited about that. Oh, my um, gosh. Pumped. So, Sarah, I, I love... I found an article that you wrote back in 2018 about perks in 2019. And I know that when you're, when you're growing, so any business in growth mode, uh, yeah. rewarding those employees is, is critical, right? Perks really are, you said earlier, oh, perks are lame. That's what you thought, but, but yeah. they're a critical component really. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I, I, I saw the, the list that you had and, and a few of them really kind of spoke to me. You know, the, what we talked about earlier, uh, the evolution away from trivial perks to more meaningful ones. Um, this emphasis on flexibility and personalization, yeah. uh, the way perks are thought of by employees, employers and how they're changing right now. So you made these predictions back in 2018. You've seen this play yeah. out this year in 2019. How do you feel about those predictions? What have you seen come to fruition out of those? Oh my gosh. Well, it's cool because we have customers on the platform and we're able to see what their employees are doing and what they're able to get. And I mean, some of the things that people are purchasing, I mean, the diversity of things that people are getting first and foremost, the personalization piece is, is huge. I think one company that we looked at their um, health and wellness lifestyle spending account for their team um, in one month, they had 36 different uh, perks. So that was like from sports equipment to gym passes to, um, uh, like Fitbits and workout gear, like, uh, running seekers. And then inside of that, they also had 40, I don't know, it was like 40 different gyms that people used. And so with that level of personalization, I mean, we did the, people spent their money and it was just, there was, like tons and tons and tons of slices. It's like 36 different slices. And so, I mean, how could any HR professional ever create that level of personalization for their team? Like that would be impossible. And so before, you know, maybe they're offering an onsite gym or a gym discount at the local gym. Now people are able to do whatever they really want, whatever's more meaningful. Um, and we know if you're a fitness guru, like one month I'm doing, um, one month I'm doing class pass, the next month I'm doing a half marathon, or next few months I'm doing a half marathon, and then the next few months I'm doing an app on my phone, and so it's it's always also changing too. Um, one thing that I would love to touch on, and I think this is going to be a good way to highlight like what personalized perks can really mean, because it's, it's this thing that we say, but what does it really mean? And I think a good way to think about it is like in terms of um, intersecting two frameworks. Uh, one framework is a really popular coaching framework actually called the wheel of life. Uh, if you like Sig Ziglar, you might've heard of it. It's called the wheel of life. And so what it is, is, um, eight different, it's a circle with eight different segments and each one's an equal segment and they represent eight different parts of your life. 
So we have like career uh, relationship or intimate relationship, family and friends, um, health and wellness to go around and you have eight different pie slices. And a coach takes you through this and they say, you know, on a zero to 10 scale, start with one pie slice on a zero to 10 scale. How are you, um, how satisfied are you currently with this part of your life? And so let's say it's career. It's like, oh, eight out of 10. So you shade in 80%. What about your intimate relationship? Oh, 10 out of 10, shade in 10 or hundred percent. Um, what about your financial health? Two, shade in 20%. And so quickly you go around and you can see, get a pulse of how satisfied you are in the different parts of your life. And so, I mean, that's a great way to like help people get unstuck. It's a great way to help people kick their life into the next gear. Um, cause they're starting to see something that's abstract come into, to something really metric driven. But then they say, what's one thing you can do to move that two and financial health to a three? That's one thing. Hmm. So Remington might say like, Oh, I just need a book to like learn how to better invest like this extra, you know, risky fund that I have. And maybe Dan says, Oh, you know, I'd like a financial planner. And I might say, you know, I need to build a burn down chart. And so every one of us needs something different to have more satisfaction in our life, more happiness, more wholeness. And we think, what if we could partner up perks with that? So Dan could get his financial planner. Remington could get that book. And that's how we think that like taking what people truly want and need to make a measurable uh, impact in their life, what that could really mean with perks. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the fact I mean, we that do it comes... every day on our team. I mean, this is stuff that we are able to be doing to help make positive impact on every single team member in like actual, gen- like genuine, authentic ways. Hmm. Um, so now, I mean, you can see that like the generic perks are the enemy. Right. Yeah. No, for We're sure. doing it all wrong. Yeah. yeah and be, and even even more than that, the generic perks that no one's using. That no one's using. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the things. One of the things that I loved about the customization thing. We, this has come up in a couple podcast episodes where um, Dan's my therapy session uh, <laughs> is, is, you know, the, the, we're, we're a in-house and a distributed team. So we've got like two segments um, and traditional HR benefits slash companies aren't really good at making it equal from a perk or benefit point of view. Um, you know, across the board when, when we're, and I think as businesses, we need to transition to that for the talent gap, but, but we're not, we're not equipped to be able to uh, address that. Um, and I think that that's, that's another area where, um, you know, Dan can't eat the candy and the bananas and the snacks and whatever else we got here or the beer. Right. Neither can anybody else on the remote team, unless that three days that he's in, in office, you know, each year, each quarter or whatever. Um, yep. and the team and the team that's in-house doesn't get to go travel across country to go do something where the remote team does, you know? So, totally. so I, I think that that's a really big shift that's happening and talk about perfect timing for you guys. Like oh my gosh. we're like in this, the precipice of, mm-hmm. of all of that converging all at the same time. So I totally agree with the whole statement about like, yeah. where HubSpot was back then. Yeah. 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 The thing I'll say is, I mean, a lot of our customers, yeah, they want to support their remote team and have an extension of their culture. I mean, I just think back to some of the examples that people have told us, like uh, they have company meetings where they bring food and if half their team is remote and people are starting to ask for, can I, can I get something at my house? And you don't have to 
you don't have to support your team and you don't have to do that, you know, have them deliver food or deliver food to them or whatever it is. You don't have to do that. But the companies that do, it's not about the food. It's about the showing that you care. And Mm. so the companies that do do that are going to be the ones that attract the best talent, the people that care, that are committed and want to be part of this mission. It's not really necessarily about like one other person said, we lost a candidate to pet insurance. And we were like, ah, oh, you know, and it's an interesting thing. And then we just, we distilled it down. It's like, it's not necessarily about the pet insurance, but what it is about is showing that like, you're willing to support me and my life and my whole life. Um, and so companies that do that are going to be the ones that win. I support Dan's cats. It's true. <laughs> he lets, he lets me have them in here on meetings and stuff. So. <laughs> that's about it though. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Otherwise, the door is closed. Like, you know. <laughs> I am going to look at buying that keyboard cover because that was legit. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Sorry. Super tangent. Let's bring this No, back. I would love – I wish the cats were sitting there on the couch with us right now. That would no, be They're cool. not that nice. They're not that nice. They want to speak. That's true. They do. <laughs> Always appear on my microphone. It's, it's weird. Um, awesome, Sarah. So much fun. Such great stuff. I, I love what you guys are doing at Compt. This is just – this has For been sure. great. Um. Is there anything that we didn't ask that you think listeners ought to, ought to know about growing? Uh, you, know, you asked so many great questions and I feel like we put a lot of cards on the table here. Yeah, we did. Uh, put a lot on the table. Hope, yeah. Uh, yeah, hope, I would say like, I guess not one thing that you didn't ask me, but I just would love to reinforce the, uh, communication is a vehicle of therapy and finding people that like being in a startup right now, like, like I have my, one of our cops is like, you just are always texting people, asking them questions. And, you know, if I don't know how to do something and we can't figure it out, it's like, I've got this great group of people that I'm jumping on the phone with and getting support with. And it's sometimes it's marketing related. Sometimes it's positioning related. And sometimes it's like, Hey, am I getting in my own head? Right. So being able to have like, people that you really like trust and love and support and they support you. Um, I really think that's so important. If you're going to, if you're going to try to like push yourself outside your comfort zone, I feel like in startup and being a business owner, you're always living on the edge of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so you need, you need support to do that and to do it well and to be proud of it. hundred percent. hundred percent. Very cool. This is so fun. Yeah. Let's do it again. This has been fantastic. (laughs) Very cool. All right, okay. listeners, viewers. Let's do it inbound. Hey, yeah. let's do it. We'll be there. Let's do it. Grab breakfast. Um, yeah, listeners, viewers, go to Comps. Check them out. Comp HQ on Twitter. We got some links in the show notes. Sarah, once again, thank you so much for taking time for this today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is so fun. This uh, podcast is the bomb. It's really great. I love it. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend. Give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.